Recycles and Misfits coming to you from the Recycle Garage in beautiful and sunny Santa Cruz, California. Hey everyone, this is Liza and I am feeling good because I went for a ride this weekend. Woohoo! I needed that. It was good. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's get to who else is here in the virtual garage coming to us from his garage, which is not virtual, it's actual. It's Bagel. Greetings from the Pacific Northwest. Hey. It's cold wet still. Yes. But we had we had some sun today. I actually went out and walked along by the lake. It was nice. What nice. what is the what is the temperature? What is the temperature in Oregon these days? Uh, it's been between the thirties and the fifties. Oh dear. So what we, so by California standards, fucking freezing? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. Yeah, very, I don't like the 30s at all. Okay. Yeah, very wet. We've had lots of rain, and there's more more to come. Okay. And coming to us from his shed, it's Naked Jim. Hey, I uh, hope everybody's staying safe. Happy New Year. And I hope we get a chance to talk about the old Laverta 125 Lesmo this evening. <laughs> I don't know if I should be offended or not. Quite a liquid <laughs> Quite a liquid I've been, I've been laughing about the name of that bike for 40 years. Why should I stop now? Oh. <laughs> hey, well, I, she's a fine lass at 286 pounds. I mean, 130 kilos, I should say. Who, who doesn't want to ride a Lesmo? <laughs> well. Oh, I, especially 130 kilogram one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm curious if that bike was successful. You know, um, Suzuki renamed the the SV650 for a while as a Gladius, and I think it was the name oh. that killed it. Um, I'm yeah, wondering how good. well a bike would sell if it was called Miss Emma. No, darling. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, I introduced Jim to a couple of bikes that. He didn't know about, you know, because, you know, Jim came into the sport late. So I introduced him to a couple of the older school bikes, and one of which was the Laverda 125 Lesmo. <laughs> <laughs> but that was also on the heels of that 87 Ducati you had over there. Yeah, the Pasto. The so, Pasto. Um, oh, the wait, the Lesmo. I've, I've seen the Lesmo. Does it have the, um, the scissor style swing arms? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. I just spit my car. No, 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 it's, it's, oh, it's quite, it's quite space aging. No, 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 no. More conventional suspension. Well, that was a good one. You just spit all over himself. I seriously did. It's all over the floor. No, I don't think, I don't yeah, think the Lesmo was aimed at that kind of client, darling. Um, but no, what spurred it on is um, the most gorgeous um, Ducati 750 Paso appeared in my little workshop this week. Um, absolutely gorgeous bike. Pearl white with the tricolore pinstripe. An all original, 8,000 miles from you. Yeah, well, I, did, I will say I did appreciate when the plastics came off and the, the Weber carb came out. Yeah, a little twin choke Weber, downdraft Weber. And, um, yeah, marvelous little thing. So um, get it running, resurrect it into something that will be worth riding. Lovely little bike. So, hey, Jim, 
You you want to give us an update on your <clears throat> your bike project? Oh, okay. You, All right, you, I really thought about it, but yeah. Well, you guys, you guys were over today, so I'll I'll talk about that. You know, well, the garage and, is and specifically, you had a hard decision to make concerning the carburetor. I thought it'd be good to share your decision making process. Okay, that sounds good. So we're talking about the Ascot FT five hundred. So it's a five hundred thumper, and it comes with a you know with which I think is a pretty decent carb. It's got a carb, a pumper carb, but it's definitely you know, tuned to the airbox, et cetera, on the FT, right? So, and right. It's, a, it's an older carb, so it's fairly complicated. At least for me, it's complicated. I'll say like, I took the bowl off and a little O-ring popped out of somewhere. I got no <laughs> clue, no clue where it came from. It shot under the bench. I'm I like, hate those oh. things that just pop out. Oh no. Yeah. So, so like all of us do, I think I got on the, uh, on the forums and um, started researching what people do. And one thing that seemed to be a common thread, and I think it's, I mean, you guys can comment, you know, more than I, but when you when you start changing the airbox on things, you really start affecting um, the metrics, you know, of the of the carburation and everything else. And the exhaust. So, yeah, and the yeah. exhaust. And um, but I think more so right on the, that intake side. Anyway, so I read all the forms and and the people that seem to know what they were talking about are, you know, the Ascot carb is it's a great carb, but it's sensitive to the to the stock setup. So don't change anything. Well, that ship had already sailed. So. Um, I did more reading. It seems like a lot of people, you know, change to the Makuni carb, something more modern, a slide carb, right? Instead of the CV, uh, more tunable, easier to access. I mean, all that stuff, right? And you picked one up for, yeah. So I went ahead and decided to do it. Liza and I went back and forth and I think it's a, it's a good debate, right? Do you stick with the stock setup? Do you not? And I think both warrant it. I think the reason I did it was the, it would just be easier to get it tuned quicker i think with a modern makuni than trying to to finagle with the old carb that was really designed for for that airbox so yeah made the decision uh gonna go with a pod filter and makuni 34 i went from a 36 um you know the jetting old main jet will probably start at 200 or something like that we'll see and then em and i had a nice conversation Emma, if you want to talk speak to it because it'll be fun to do is you know when you change all that stuff out how do you start getting the jetting right so right exactly i mean and it's this the exhaust, a stock exhaust produces what's called back pressure. And what back pressure is, is, is your engine is basically a pump. Air and fuel mixture comes in, it gets combusted, and it gets pushed out of the exhaust. It's basically a pump, you know, this stuff going up and down and getting transferred into round and round movement. But back pressure is... The, the the best way to describe back pressure, if you think of a, a of a, a stream or a river flowing and it comes up against an obstacle and it slows that flow down, but it's still flowing quite a bit. So you get this these kind of waves coming back and that's back pressure. And you can actually use that to your advantage to help with combustion. The problem is, is if you change the exhaust, then the back pressure wave changes or may go away completely if you're running an open exhaust. So you have to change. You have to change the mixture of the fuel going in. You, generally, you have to fatten it up. And, you know, you can usually think in terms of about 10% in, ter in, in terms of the size of a jet. But the real change for your bike is dispensing with the airbox. I mean, once you get rid of the airbox and you put a pod filter on it, that has a huge effect on 
the size of jet you're going to use. And the, the, the painting with very, very broad strokes, we talked about having a main jet size of 100, didn't we, Jim? Yep, that's where we started. And we, we considered that by changing the exhaust, you know, you could think in very broad terms of going up maybe 5 or 10%. So going up to 105, 110. But when you change the airbox, now that's 15 to 20%. Mm-hmm. So now you're talking about maybe a 120. And with an exhaust and an airbox to leap, maybe a 120, 125. Um, you are really starting from scratch with the new carburetor, though. So we have to set it up <clears throat> from scratch. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah, part of the process. Yeah, I think so, too. Part of the process. And and no problem. It's just like everything else, whether you're you know, rebuilding the brakes or et cetera. Right. You, know, you just start. You take your time. You get it right. And then you move on to the next thing. Um, right. And and the correct way, the, the, the correct way to set up a carburetor is backwards to the way most people think. The, you, the correct way to set up the carburetor, you set it up flat out first, which means you need to find, you know, professional driver, closed circuit. And you ride that bike flat out. You pull the plug out. You get the plug so it's that nice beige color. And so now you your main jet set up. Then you set up the mid-range by altering the height of the needle, and you get it to a very, very drivable <clears throat> setup. And then the last thing you set up is the idle. And you can set it up on the screw, or if you're doing a crazy amount of screw action to get a decent idle. That means, you know, you might have to screw it out, out four turns or screw it in. So it's literally screwed in completely and then just backed off a tiny amount. Well, maybe it's time to change the idle jet, but that's how you set up a carburetor. It's very time consuming. It requires um, a lot of skill, not a not small amount of brute force, um, but a nicely tuned carburetor is a wonderful thing. One of my favorite things in the whole world. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to getting that. So I'm, that should be coming in the mail shortly. And then we well, while we're talking about this side of things, I've got an old Muzi exhaust uh, off a of KLX 250 um, that I think we're going to try to refit and slap that on as the exhaust. I, I think it was actually originally off a of Laverda Lesmo. <laughs> It has that look, doesn't it? it it's definitely it got that, that Laverda Lesmo look to it. That gritty super bike look to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but to get into that exhaust, we're going to have to drill out some rivets, but no big deal. Like I said, it's all, yeah. it's all part of the fun. It's all part um, of the fun. Drill those rivets out. you got a rivet going, haven't you? Uh, no, I'll borrow one from Liza. She got one, you, hopefully yeah. one to you know how to tell if it's uh, from a Lesmo, right? No. If it has comfortable shoes. Say nothing. Oh, uh, I see. And a plaid shirt, no doubt. I'm just not. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> not on, not publicly. No, I think. Um, back to the Lesmo. Joking aside, it was a real thing, and Lesmo was a town in Italy. And of course, you know, Laverda wanted to jump on the whole Desmo bandwagon. Because as we all know, as everyone knows, that Desmo is short for Desmodromic, which is how the valves operate. Not invented by Ducati. I think it was invented by Mercedes. They had the first patent on it. However, 
Laverda wanted to jump on the bandwagon. There was a, a very, very nice town in Italy called Lesmo. And so they thought, well, you know, Ducati, Desmo, Laverda, Lesmo. Lesmo. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> With a Marzacci uh, suspension. So yeah, Oh, yeah. And, and... Got, no, it's got all the parts. It's got all the bits, Jim. It's got the yeah. Pirelli tires, the Marzocchi suspension, the Brembo brakes. It's got all the parts. Well, you know, and coincidentally, that was my nickname in high school. All the parts. The Verda? Lesbo. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you never should have told us that, boy. Well, you know, um, so. not to get into any, like, conspiracy theories or anything. There's been a whole oh, lot. Best not to. A whole lot but, going on uh, this week. And I never, yeah, I never want to get the. Week. I never want to get mixed up in all that. But I just, I think that we have to, uh, you know, we. We have to address Talk the elephant the in the room, and we we have to mention that the FBI raided the Ducati headquarters yes. here in the Bay Area. Yes. This As week. reported <laughs> from um, the Bay Area Rider Forum, um, <laughs> we love the Bath guys, and some With of them even had, some guns of them drawn. Us. Apparently, so. Wow. Yes. Um, I think I want to think that they were looking um, for the missing, for the missing carbonara. That's what they were after. <laughs> well, see, in here, I thought this was actually... They were looking for stolen cannoli. I think this is... There's some cannolis This missing. is a, a perfect opportunity for us to begin some conspiracy theories. I heard yes. it was because they don't oh, like the, the design of the new monster. Right. Uh. <laughs> Anyone yes. else want to take any... Any theories as to why? I heard there was Ducati? a vicious rumor that there were some easily serviceable bikes being manufactured in there, and the FBI wanted to squash that straight away. See, yeah. I heard it was because they they found out that they were thinking of bringing back the Laverda Lesmo. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean the Italian Spider-Man was in the building? Hey! <laughs> I was going to say maybe it was a an EPA noise violation for because of the dry clutch. I don't know. Oh, it could oh. be because of the paint, <laughs> the red paint. Oh, uh. it is interesting that there was more, you know, uh, armed defenses at the Ducati. Uh, headquarters than there was at the Capitol this week. I just like to say, right. Um, so we don't actually know why, uh, why they came in guns drawn or what they wanted. Nothing has come out of it. Um, I think there were just computers taken. So who knows? But yeah, I mean, you know, be, uh, yeah. This this is just a whole other thing. Were, <clears throat> their headquarters were in Mountain View. Yeah, I didn't know that. Emma did. Something. Yeah, I've been there for training many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, it's a, it's a very very unassuming building in Mountain View. It's actually it is a lot smaller than you think it is, and traditionally, with the exception of Honda, it's interesting that the Japanese manufacturers and the European manufacturers go about their training centers differently. Um, Liza, we've been down to Honda headquarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were amazed of how 
big it was. Agreed? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Every time I've been to a European manufacturer um, headquarters in America, I'm always amazed how compact it is. Well, um, but we also have to remember that how many different divisions that they have. I mean, we saw lawnmowers and generators. And... Right, exactly. I mean, Honda just make absolutely everything. Yeah, I mean, um, but um, yeah, no, and Piaggio the is the same. Yeah, but Piaggio is the same, you know. The, the Piaggio um, hub, you know, the yeah. central area is very, very small. Not much bigger than your garage bagel. Um, wow. <laughs> yes. But they do have warehouses that the bikes come out of. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to know what it's about, though. So uh, <clears throat> getting back to, uh, I know that this has been, um, this has been a hectic week for everyone. Uh, yes, it has. There's a lot going on. Things are crazy. We still got COVID going. And, you know, I really haven't been riding much, doing anything really, um, because our hospitals are full. I just don't want to take the risk. But uh, Jim and our friend John and I did go for a ride yesterday. And we followed like our code, <sighs> which is ride easy, like ride it like 80%. Take it easy. And as we're riding down the coast, and I know we are spoiled, rotten, that our lunch ride is going down the coast to Big Sur, right? I yes. mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, we had a great ride, went down the coast. Oh, John was on his new bike. Uh, he oh, went great looking and bike. got a Triumph uh, Adventure 800. Oh, yeah, that is a lovely thing. Yeah, 2018, I think it was. It was a slick-looking bike. Yeah, and John isn't a tall guy, so he's had trouble finding bikes that fit him. That Adventure 800 is an excellent bike for anyone who's uh, got height issues with the bikes. Great, great option. Um, but as we're riding down the coast, and you got the sun, and it's beautiful out, and um, the just the wind and and the ocean and suddenly I just started to feel better. I didn't know I wasn't good, but with all the stress of everything going on, I just realized, and you know, we talk about writing for mental health, but I could actually feel everything in my body changing as I was writing and feeling just this warmth coming up inside of me and, and everything went away and was, for, it warm, was it warm and tingly, darling? Well, and for a while there, I was standing up and just feeling the wind. And I told you, we were talking on columns. I'm like, I feel like I'm flying right now, like really flying. And then oh, we uh, we went down the coast and we got some fish and chips. And then we decided to keep going. We went all the way down to Morrow Bay and we went and watched the um, the elephant seals. That was really cool. That was cool. Yeah, oh, that was, was cool. Some of the bulls are fighting. That was really cool. Um, they're like the like these prehistoric giant black slugs, but they are massive. Yeah, and we got to see two bulls duking it out and whacking their wow. heads and biting each other. And boy, when they want to move, they can move. After that one big elephant seal got done whooping the other one's ass, <laughs> chased it into the water like 50 yards, like these giant things. Then as one was coming out, he barked at, a, at another one, and that one hauled ass down the beach like another <laughs> 100 feet. They got away, they got away, what, like three tons or two tons? Yeah, oh, they're, yeah. They're the size of a small car. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, at least. Anyway, that's that, I mean, and the, they're a lot less ungainly in the water, of course, as well. Well, it was just yeah. a really nice day. And then 
instead of uh, continuing like uh, around and over the mountain back up, we, you know, let's just turn around, just go back the same way. Take the coast back. What a lovely day. Great ride. Uh, good company. But there was something that did happen to us along the way. And I wanted to, to talk about this. Um, there was, as we were riding on the, the, I guess, highway, two lanes and two lanes with a divider in the middle, right? There was yeah. um, pretty good traffic. So we were doing like 65, riding staggered, going with the flow in the left lane. No rush, just keeping, keeping going. And uh, suddenly I had somebody lane splitting past me at a high rate of speed, which su- kind of surprised me because um, usually if I come up to s- another biker when I'm lane splitting, I pause behind them and wait for them to yield to me, to acknowledge me before I go. And then another one came suddenly real fast. And then yet another one, and this one got like blown by the wind and kind of came over in like towards me. And I'm like, what the heck? And then another one comes by on the right. At the same time, another one comes by on the left, on the other side of the yellow line in the breakdown lane, uh, an adventure bike with full cases. They both pass me at the same time. And then the guy on the adventure bike cuts across the front of me to weave in it was happening to Jim behind me. Jim, you want to tell your version? Yeah, well, you know, and and mind you, we were, you know, we were leapfrogging home in the sense that, you know, we weren't dilly-dallying. I mean, we weren't riding recklessly by any stretch. We stayed as a group. But, you know, when we had a chance to move up, we would leapfrog up. So we were at a, we were at a pretty good clip. But it was in traffic, right? So we had settled right. into the number one lane in traffic. Liza's front left. I'm on the right. John's back left. Um, and we're doing, I would say, 68, something like that, in heavy traffic, right? Um, but it's moving. And then out of the blue, like Liza said, guy lane split to my right, you know, in, in between the lanes, um, which is okay. Kind of surprised me, but Hey, whatever as people do. Um, and then I think another guy, and then I had, no, and then I had two people pass me on the left. So that means they're already in the middle of our group. They had passed John somewhere. They're on my left, which you just, I don't know. My, you just don't pass people on left like that. Um, especially riding through a group. So yeah, two people passed me on the left. The, it was the second guy, I remember, had boxes, had like an adventure mm-hmm. bike. Um, and then I guess I didn't know he went in front of you, Liza, but blew down. I knew he was on the other side of the yellow, passed in front of you. And then there was, a, I want to say, a girl on a small sport bike, maybe a Ninja 250 or a R3 or something in the middle. And either she was kind of nervous, kind of jerky, or the wind was just just kicking the shit out of her. But it was chaos for about five seconds. There were bikes all over the place. <laughs> and it it, oh, it brought up that I wanted to take a second and talk about the, the unwritten code. There's certain code amongst bikers. There's certain things you do and you don't do. And for me, and I know a lot of people don't get lane, lane splitting, but a lot of people do live where someone's lane splitting. Personally, my unwritten code is, like I said, when you come up to another biker, because I don't know if they're about to pull out into the middle lane and start splitting. So I wait until they yield to me, acknowledge that I'm there and they yield to the left, allowing me to go forward. Um, just cause I don't want to surprise them, but I also don't know if they're going to be occupying the center lane and splitting as well. Uh, and definitely don't blaze another biker or pass them on the left on the breakdown lane. Um, another thing, just an un- unwritten code, never sit on another biker's bike without asking for permission and i wanted to see ask uh the uh, everyone else 
what un, you know unwritten codes they have. Um, before I do that, we have been joined by more people. Uh, we got award-winning Mike here. Yo, Mike. Mikey. Yo, what up? Yo. Yes, hello, darling. Yo, look at this motherfucker right here. What you know about that boy? What's that say? Oh. <laughs> it oh. says what it? you know about that boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says, motherfucker. Oh, my God. He, he got a two-stroke, and now he's just losing his shit. Is that, no, no, is no. that what I, I got to say? Look at this son of a bitch. You ready for this? What do you dun, got? Dun, dun. I can't even see. I'm gonna fucking see. Oh, you got a Repsol Honda CBR? Ew, don't be all fucking lackluster about it like that. Oh, yeah, you got one of those. Wow. Uh, oh, you got that, that CB. You got the, you got is the it CBR an F3? 1000. Is Who it no? Yeah. F3? Nice. What is it? It's a Z, uh, CBR 1000 RR. Oh, Repsol, cool. bitches. This means wow. I'm in MotoGP officially now. Oh, Damn. Team Marquez. Yeah, nice. You better yeah. ride like Marquez, you punk motherfucker. I want. I don't want to see chicken strips on that like, shit. Yo, bitch, listen. I really. I hope it makes it out of that garage. Side when we group ride, watch me Talks really buy you on the left side. Talks you're, you're gonna see the orange and black blur on the left side of you. And I'm not waiting for nobody. Not with that fucking bike. Pet peeves. Let me tell you something. And listen. Oh my God. Are you done yet? Are you done? No. This is lackluster. You're like, oh, you got I was in the middle of a topic. I don't know if you noticed it. I don't give a fuck. Listen, next time you get an Africa twin, I'm like, oh, you got an Africa twin? Oh, that must be nice. Oh, you didn't Uh, get the Adventure Sport DCT? Oh, you didn't get those in a Grumble Brakes and blah, blah, blah. You know what? That's my dream fucking bike. How dare you? How dare you? Wow. You really did lower your standards. Hey, Mike, 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 I am absolutely, I'm 100% with you, honey, but we actually have guests. Oh. Oh. I didn't see you guys there. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, well, there you go then. No, it's cool, man. We'll just make it the Mike show. It's all about you. Let's go. I'm not normally like this. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm usually a little more, you know. All the time. Well, I just want to. To say, Mike, 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 you're going to be interested. Don't who's joining us? No, it's not Paul, is it? (laughs) It's Paul. Oh, no, 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 no. He's in town, Mike. He's in town. He's looking for you. Is it? Is it email? It's Paul. It's Paul. No, 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 no. And he's a Suzuki guy, by the way. He's a Suzuki man. Hold the fuck up. Hold up. Are we talking about Quail Paul? You don't even know who your nemesis Paul is anymore. There's like eight guys named Paul. You think they're all the same guy. They might as well be. I'm telling you. Is oh, this Quail Paul who doesn't say hello to people and, and acknowledges everybody else but but me? Just say yes, Paul. That's kind of, that yes. is all the Pauls. Yeah, they're all, all the Pauls treat me the same. They're, you got a fucking they, biblical name and you think you're God. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Paul, do you want to defend yourself at all? I I just want to say there are churches named after me. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yo, I'm Michael the Archangelo. You know what I mean? There we go. And thanks. And uh, and Mike, I might not be the original Paul, but we are all (laughs) after you. Yeah, it's all fucking All Pauls unite. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Right. At least we're, you know, at least we're coming together for something good, right? You know, Paul Army. Paul Army. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. We need a Paul's army. We need a Paul's army sticker now. Oh my god! Oh my god! And then Paul, who, gonna, who's joining you tonight? 
Okay, so I've got my family here. Yes, you do. Um, and also, oh, no. we, I identify, boy, boy. we all ride in one way uh, or another. Also, everybody introduce themselves. I'm Paul. I I rode down there. Some people might remind, remember me from like, uh, boy, a couple of years ago now. Yeah. I rode yes. down there on an iron butt. And uh, I did uh, the coast down to San Diego and rode back. And uh, and then since then, I've got some other people inter- introduced to writing. So I'll nice. let you take it off. Yeah, I'm Tiffany. I am the wife who swore she would never ride her own bike. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. One of us. One of I, us. I used, to go, <laughs> I used to go to all of your concerts in the mall outside spheres back in the day i never missed a single one and i'd go now. shopping at the same time absolutely oh. splendid awesome well also and for those who don't know who paul is he sent us these awesome uh oh, yeah. Tyler man shirts yeah, that's I, right i got one oh cool yeah i did yes one. emma yours awesome. is here at the garage oh. i have one for you oh yeah, yeah. Got to, give it to me okay again it clearly it has to be the same Paul because I didn't get one. That's right. Yeah. Uh, That's hey, right. Mike, you know what? Mike, you know what? I got one. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it, brother. You're my homie, man. I guess they don't so make cool. you fit over the size of my head. Is that what it is? That's exactly <laughs> it. I love yeah, that I you agree. had a bike that you named after your head, by the way. <laughs> Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, Captain Crow. Like, hey, I want to finish up this topic real quick before we get to why uh, Paul and Tiffany are here. Hey, can you guys think of any other unwritten codes for motorcyclists? Because I want to make sure everyone knows them. Because it's not like you read it in a book. But you know, again, being blazed on the left on the freeway, not cool. You know, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound a little bit like the the you know the holier than thou one, and I really don't mean to. But the thing is, especially if you're dealing with a customized bike, it's very, very easy to point, criticize people's bikes or, um, you know, point of fear. Oh, ha ha, look at that thing. You never, you never, never criticize anybody else's bike, no matter how bad a custom job they've done on it. Because you know what? It's somebody's pride and joy. Even if it's a Honda Rebel? Even if oh. it's, especially if it's a Honda Rebel. You know? Shots, shots fired. Shots fired. Because We've got two of them in this household. Oh. No, this is classic Liza. This is absolutely classic Liza. Looking down her nose on hey, the I was Rebel. Just, just checking. We're just, just checking. Yeah, I see. Um, I'll say another one because we like to play a lot of pranks and put like penises on people's bikes and stuff. One of the things I p- code was don't put a sticker on somebody's bike. We tape things on, but but don't put a sticker on someone's bike because people put stickers on mine and that is a pain in the butt. Sticker's oh, not cool, especially yeah, you, on the paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, how about this? What if you get like some gay porn and cut up a hundred little penises and stick them inside the airbox using <laughs> tape? It's okay. The muffler. Uh, but hold on. That is Save okay. Save it the airbox. Let's go on the outside. Okay. You're saying you can't do that on someone's bike, but you could do that in my living room where my family lives. That's okay. 
What are you talking about now? The Christmas party two years ago. <laughs> and I kept finding porno in all my shit everywhere. Oh, like that's a picture of a porno under it. That's lies. Like, months later, I open up a magazine or a book for, for Freya. There's like pornos and shit in it. Oh, everywhere. No. Really? Well, Mike, under wait, the table. Like, you know where someone like hides a gun in a movie and tapes it under the table? There was like yeah. a porno tape there. <laughs> hey, Why? Mike, I just want, I just want yes. to say if you ever got to take the insurance out of your Kawasaki, be careful. I, you get pulled over by a cop and you got to pull out your reg. Uh, just be careful. That's someone else's problem now. All oh, right. What, what are other unwritten codes? Bagel, what's some unwritten codes in the scooter world? Don't make fun of each other's skirts. Uh, well, no, there, there's, there's a lot of, there's a whole lot of uh, controversy about scooter skirts in the scooter community, but we won't get into that right now. I would um, like to. No, I think this is an ideal opportunity. I've never well, seen anybody whip out a scooter skirt like Bagel in my life at a traffic light in the middle of traffic, <laughs> man. You put that thing on it on like six and a half seconds. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's one, one clip, so it's easy. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I mean, there, there are the traditionalists who don't like anything that wasn't traditional, and that's definitely not something that's traditional. So they just, you know, turn their nose up at it. And other, other people who ride, you know, think it's a wonderful thing because it keeps you warm. So, All right. Ooh. I, I thought of one and this is, yeah. this is a code whenever I'm, especially at like another, like a bike event or bike night or something, I always leave my helmet on the bike because I know there's a code that when you're with other bikers, nobody's going to mess with it. Right. Yeah. Well, we I had that discussion. It. We're at Lucia down on highway one yeah. yesterday, South of big Sur, like middle of nowhere. There's nothing for probably 20 miles in either direction there. Few people there. Cause there's the restaurant was closed, et cetera. Just takeaway. And you left your helmet, didn't you? And then, mm-hmm. um, and I think John and I took mine. But I, like I said, I got PTSD from living downtown here. Everything gets stolen because you're kind of fucked if you go back and your helmet's gone. Yeah, right. yeah, that would be a good rule. Yeah. I got one. How about this from a different angle? Like, what are cool things to do, right? Like, for example, you're out riding, like dirt biking or adventure riding and stuff, and you, uh, you know, and someone's on the side of the trail, you're not sure what's going on. I think we all I think it's common sense, but we all pull over and just say, hey, how's it going? How are we doing? I know people have done that with me all the time when I'm just chilling out. I, but I got one along that lines. When you see a bike that's been knocked over, go pick it up. Yeah, I that's think a good that's one. Yeah. Paul, what do you got? You unless, got one unless, some big dude, unless some big dudes yeah. coming out of the bar seeing you pick up his bike, <laughs> then yeah. you got to run. <laughs> Paul, what you got? Uh, uh, the one for me is like it, it, watch for bikes that are stolen. If you see a bike in a weird area, post it. Like in our area, there is one, there's a a motorcycle, Seattle area motorcycle Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And they post bikes there all the time for uh, people that are looking for bikes that are stolen. And nine times out of 10, they were. There you go. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, that's it. I just wanted to remind people, don't, don't blaze other bikers. Because I tell you, if something went something happened there, we were in the middle of a, a ton of traffic doing like almost 70 miles an hour. It would have been yeah. carnage. It was you know anyway. Luckily it wasn't. It's, it's just a reminder, as I reminded somebody today, we are in the middle of a pandemic. And this is not the place or the forum to talk about where you stand on that. But the fact is, right now, um, ICUs in most local hospitals are at very, very high capacity. So um, don't ride like an idiot. 
Yeah. Because if yeah. you crash hard, um, they might not have room for you, mm-hmm. and you might end up in the back of a box van in the parking lot with, you yeah. know, your plasma attached yeah. to you. And something to consider, right? And we had this conversation. We were, we were riding mellow. We were riding in a group. We were riding safe. But it just acknowledges just throwing a leg over a motorbike is inherently dangerous. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Had we been that's in why a car, we, do it. I mean, we, that's... we wouldn't be having this conversation. But right. just the fact we were riding safely doesn't mean you're going to have a bad day. Yeah. Yes. Well, I want to get to why Paul and Tiffany are here and, and also their offspring who will be introduced so Paul reached out because, well, you know what, Paul, I'll let you tell what what brainstorm you had. I think it's a, I think it's more uh, like, okay, let me back up. I, a couple of years ago when I came down for the ride and I visited the garage, I realized that. What a the, little, sh- oh, uh, excuse me. How old are the kids? Oh, I, oh, okay. So we oh, have. Uh, can I, can I say shit? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Listen, yeah. So yeah. when you came down, you realized what a little shithole it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they. Yeah. So yeah. Yes, he says, right? yes. So. So like you have possums living in the garage, right? <laughs> yes. And, and, and so so like I had always wanted to have a community thing here and like be able to invite friends over and stuff and like I have friends that play poker and stuff on the weekends, but I wanted to have st- uh, something where I could actually hang out and do bike stuff. And we live in a pretty prime location for that. We got lucky and we have a second driveway. It has its own power, it has its own water. It has a single wide mobile over there that is completely covered and also has a, um, a carport that runs almost the entire length of that. Wow. So, so that's, that's nice, right? Like inside I've, uh, it's, it's, we just used it for storage and I always thought it was just a nuisance kind of until I came down to see your garage. And <laughs> so, wow, thought, our shithole's better than theirs. <laughs> <laughs> bingo. And I, I thought like, holy crap, like my shithole's twice that size. <laughs> yeah, right? so, so, and so like, um, so the point is, is like, and also mine has a hot tub. So screw you. Oh, you oh. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there you go. And it, you know, it wow. has its own power pole. It has its own water. It has a hot tub and it's twice your size. So there you go. And also I like to throw shade. Um, so I came down there and, and I was, I was hanging out with you, Liza. And I remember like kind of like giving you a bad time and you giving me the stink eye, like what's this guy about? <laughs> and like, no, wondering if I like who I was and whatnot. And, uh, and so I came back and I've been sitting on it and, you know, 2020 is what it was. And I was really like not feeling great about stuff. So I decided like I wanted to do something to actually make myself feel better. And I decided to gut the mobile. So I went through the entire uh, front half of the mobile all the way back. Like you've all seen the single wide park model mobiles where like there's the the front area and then a kitchen and then um, a half room kind of. And then the back room that's all closed up and they have the louvered windows and that's what it is. It's from like 1965, I think. So did you kick and, the old lady out? <laughs> right. No, we, all, we have another mother-in-law on the property. We have two. Okay. So, so anyway, so, so I gutted the entire thing and uh, the whole front of it's all gone now. And I'm laying down uh, uh, 
uh, five eighths plywood on the bot on the uh, floor on it, and I'm gutting out everything on the carport. And uh, I'm thinking that I want to try to do something like the like your garage, like the recycle garage over there. But but we have questions like liability. How do you get, can you make it work? What kind of tools you can do and like where you find them. I want to know like what's in your toolbox and all of that stuff. That's like a little before personal. I actually do it. I need to do it. So <laughs> and no, I'm glad that you're I'm glad that you've decided this because yes, you can have a little shithole tiny garage like mine and build a whole community in it. Or you can have a really nice, clean, well-organized garage with beautiful bikes in it and sit alone in it like Mike does. So you've made the right choice. I was choice. looking at Bagel, actually. <laughs> I'm looking bagel. at Bagel there. They both have beautiful, beautiful garages. Look at that garage. I know. I, I have the the. I have so lucked out at the, this place, let me tell you. Look, they both have the same painted, clean floors, too. <laughs> My God. We live on a farm. It's never going to look that nice. Yeah, well, that's the whole yeah, point. Is that's all right. You don't I'll have to have a nice garage to build better. a community. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think I mean, um, Bagel, Jim, Mike, and Emma have all been around for years. Uh, you know, as myself as well. So I think any of us can answer the questions. I mean, and they all first came to the garage because they were utilizing it, so they have that perspective. Um, so <laughs> hit us up. What questions do you have? I want to know um, what you think worked really well and what's working well, what did not work well, and if there's anything you do different. Okay, we're starting with the very broad questions. So yeah, I will okay. ignore that and instead tell you the answers to the first questions everyone always asks, which may just answer those questions. So the first question is liability. Don't have any. Don't charge anything. Don't have any insurance. I am not a business I don't work on people's bikes. I hand them a wrench and point. So um, there, there so is no friend helping there, somebody. There is no liability. I again, I purposely do not charge for anything. Right. There's you no money donations. exchanges. Yeah, hands. Um, but a lot of people ask, um, how do you do? You worry about things being stolen. And your mini bikes. I'm not just no. I'm like tools. And yes. I have tools I find broken all the time. Drives me nuts, like broken drill bits or um, where where's the number 14 wrench? I, how is I how is it? We are out of number 14 wrenches. I don't get it. I have tools go missing all the time, but I've had a hundred tools donated for every one that goes missing. So I don't worry about the ones that go missing. Simple. I n annoys me. The rule is if you break it or use it up, then replace it. And it happens all the time. Why is there an empty can here? Why is there a broken drill bit? It annoys me. It's just an annoyance, but it's not anything that I really fret over because again, every now and then someone says, you need anything? I'm going to AutoZone and they'll buy five cans of WD-40. You know, you know, the one time Liza we have had theft, it's when the garage is, is closed. Yeah, We have hobos right. or people are aware it's there. So the only time I can think of like the mini bikes were stolen, shit like that is when it was just basically robbery. But during yeah. the garage hours, I think people walk away with stuff in their pockets, you know, things like that accidentally. But anyway, yeah, after hours, that's the, the real problem. Yeah, yeah. So that right there is something I don't worry about because uh, that's a lot of people say, what, are you worried about people stealing stuff? No, not really. People bring stuff more. Yeah. I, I have a good topic, Leslie. How about 
storage of bikes that are being worked on. How about that? Oh, there you go. That's a good one. <clears throat> That's a lesson learned. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the bright, the garage has trans- transformed over the years. When it first started, it started with me collecting non-running bikes from people who would donate them to me. He'd see them in yards and just, hey, can I take it? And then I would give it to somebody who would then learn how to fix it up. Jake received a moped, dug his first bike. These are all things that I had here. <clears throat> and I would just collect them. I had like five or six bikes over in front of the garage. You know, you want a bike? Here you go. Take one. Um, those started to go away because uh, that was when I had one or two people coming around. And you could take six months to restore it. It wasn't a big deal. But as the garage was growing and I was having more and more people come in and then bringing their bikes and then they're like, hey, I just bought a you know $300 bike. Can I leave it here and just come back every week and work on it? And uh, unfortunately, every single person, every single time, Bagel, you've witnessed this, even if it is some of my closest, dearest friends, life happens and they disappear and leave the bike. Every single time. Because what happens is when you have a bike project and it's kind of daunting and you really don't want to get into electrical or, uh, you know, tire change or whatever, you're frustrated. Then suddenly, suddenly any other option becomes more appealing and suddenly you're not coming around. So how do you handle that? Well, first I started charging $5 a week storage. And it's just a small amount, but then it's a pain in the ass because then I'm trying to like collect, you know, five bucks from people. Um, I just made the rule and I, right now I have two spots. There's two empty parking spaces. I can have two bikes that are left here. Anything past that? Sorry, can't, you have to be able to take it away. So I had to put my foot down and, and hold the line. Um, But the rule is, you can store a bike here as long as you want, as long as you're coming every week to work on it. Right. If you can't come, then you need to take it with you. Yep. That's kind of my rule because, you know, I've got a couple spots. But also if somebody is in a spot position where they're working on a bike and they're dedicated and they're showing up every Sunday, I will make a lot more uh, sacrifices to make a space for their bike if they're actually coming every week. And, you know, oh, yeah. um, Liza has very, very strictly enforced that. I've had to enforce that as well on Liza's behalf because there's only so much real estate. You've got a little more leeway than we have because you've got a bigger setup. But just be aware that all that means is you may be kicking a can down the road for a bit longer than us. From having... Yes, having no bikes to having 50 bikes in various states of disrepair will happen in the blink of an eye. There's one thing I want to talk... (laughs) Yes, exactly. You know, we're all that example. I could show you my garage now, which is just full. I saw Mike's bike bike taking up a lot of room in there. (laughs) It's it's taking up a huge amount of room. It's it's actually for God's sake right now. I saw you working, having to squat down on your hands and knees, working on other bikes because Mike's bike was on your lift. Yeah, and my poor arthritis was giving me (laughs) ran out of room because because I've run out of room and I have to work on the floor because Mike's big chopper is on my ramp. But there's one thing hey, I wanted to... Hey, I, I've heard that before. 
Yes. <laughs> what, talk about your big chopper? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I bet your big chopper's caused a lot of women problems in the past, Mike. I'm quite it's sure. Mike um, not just the women, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, I know. <laughs> it is what it is. But, Paul, there's, there's one thing I want to make absolutely clear. Having a few friends over and everybody knows each other and everybody's very happy and chummy, that's great. But what you're basically going to be doing is opening your home up, in effect, to the public. And there are going to be people at the garage you don't like. And, and you're going to have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and you kinda, you're going to have to suck it up. Because you're not going to like everybody. And as well, as so, sooner or later, you're going to have to act as the police. Now, Liza will tell you that she and I have had to act as the police if people are being disrespectful to anybody at the garage, if they're not following the rules. It may be that they're being malicious about it. It may be they're just thick and completely clueless. But nevertheless, have you, you, you have to say these are the rules, whether it applies to the bikes or it applies to the people that are there. You must be respectful to everybody at the garage, no matter what they're like. And unfortunately, it would be really, really nice if – some total D-bag showed up at the garage, was very, very disrespectful to somebody you liked, and you said, dude, you're out of here. It'd be nice if it worked like that. But what might happen is somebody shows up at the garage who you really don't like. And one of your friends, who you're very, very close to, is very disrespectful to them. You've got to act as police to your friend, to the person you like very much, to actually read them the riot act about how they behave to somebody who you think's a total D-bag. It's going to happen. Well, and you, and are, you already said, I use the stink eye a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, but you might have to go beyond that, and you might have to yeah. say, dude, we've been friends for a very, very long time you got a timeout. You can't come for a couple of weeks. You need to go home and think about what you're doing and think about how you're interacting with people. How did you, like, make the rules? Are they posted somewhere? I didn't see them when I was there, for instance. There, or is this just a general code? So there's uh, – we have written them out for, but no. Um, the first rule is uh, if you – the first rule in the garage is don't put your shit on chairs. Those are for sitting. Yes. I get yelled at that a lot. Nope. nope. Right? <laughs> yes. The second rule. I do it every true. fucking time. I put them right on the chair. That's the you, first Mike. place I put yeah. Two chairs. That's Fuck the you, number Mike. one rule. Everyone knows the number one rule. The second rule is um, if you break it or use it up, replace it. The third rule is um, no vegans allowed, no vegetarians allowed. Um I got no problem with them. It's just they suck at barbecues, and we inevitably have a barbecue. And, that's the very, and that is a word that is banned from the garage. You cannot use that word in the garage. Chakra. Chakra. No. 
<laughs> None of that. There. Also, no patchouli allowed. <laughs> no patchouli. Unless... Somebody thought it was funny to put some patchouli on our radiant heater. It lasted for three years. It sucked. Oh. <laughs> sucked. Um, yeah. Those you are... are giving a care pack. No. Oh no. Um, no, no. Definitely. Definitely. But the, uh, the rest of the rules are kind of unwritten. Yeah. But you know they're rules of life. It doesn't matter if you it doesn't matter what um what color you are, it doesn't matter what gender you are, it doesn't matter your sexual preference, it doesn't matter your socioeconomic background, none of that matters. Do you love it, it, bikes? You're welcome. If you don't love bikes, well, you know, you probably find somewhere that's better to hang out. And that's it. And you have to enforce that to the letter. Everyone gets treated respectfully. Everybody gets welcomed equally. Except, except for Mike. <laughs> except for Mike. <laughs> no, but he we love to Mike. We love Mike. And vegans. Listen, just no, no vegans, one, no vegans. One thing I want to say, though, I yeah. want to say something too. It's what uh, going back to what you were saying about the timing and leaving bikes there. Like, I, I pulled the engine on pumpkin there, and I and uh, Liza had a conversation with me. It was like, you know, we normally we don't really want everyone, everyone to see you doing this because we don't do this here. You know, it's usually a longer project, but I know where you live. So, you know what I mean? And I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, I'll be, you know, obviously, I'm gonna, I like, I want, I was dedicated. I'm different than other people. I get obsessive. So like that bike was getting running no matter what. But like the, part of the, the process of that though, is like knowing kind of having an idea of, of what people's projects are and how long they take. Like, for example, when someone's coming in uh, it, and they're like, Oh, I'm doing front forks. And, and, you know, your garage opens at like, you know, whatever, 10 o'clock and, and you close at four or five and then they show up at two. You're like, no, you're not. Because what happens is there, there's going to be a bike sitting there until next weekend. So, I mean, like just knowing kind of what those things entail. And if, if it's a first time person doing forks, it's, it's, it's a daunting task. It takes a little while, you know, get it apart a little, you know, and, and doing the actual forks doesn't take long, but it's pulling it apart, putting it back together for a first time person. So, you know, having an idea about that, like maybe have a list and Liza doesn't do this, but like a rough idea of like how long it takes to do stuff like a board. So people have an idea of like, hey, we close at this time today. We're only open one day a week. You know, you're doing forks. It's going to be about five, six hours. You know what I mean? If you've never done it before. So, you know, come early next week then, you know, make sure you have all your parts and things like that. You know, and if it's uh, breaks, you know what I mean? That's, you know, they all take, you know, breaks could take half an hour, 20 minutes, you know. Um, and then the other thing about uh, parts and things like that, like I bring a lot of parts there that I'll use. And I leave them because it's kind of a one-off thing. And I don't really have a necessity for it, but the garage does. <laughs> so things tend to get acquired over time. But I think that like, you know, if you're doing grassroots like Liza, it, it's like the way I opened up my business was I bought a whole bunch of used tools, just really crappy stuff. And I didn't care because I knew how to use them to get the job done. And the garage can be the same way. When somebody has a need for something like, oh, do you have a tire changer? No. Why would I have a tire changer? This is my house. I'm just like, you know what I mean? And then maybe one day you do if there's really a demand for it and then you get a cheaper one. And if it really works out, like keep the overhead really low on that stuff and let it build it in and of itself. You know what I mean? Because you'll have people coming and being like, oh, I heard there's a garage here, co-op. Like, do you have a bike lift? 
Like, do you have a tire changer? Like, do you have all this crazy, like, garage stuff that, like, a garage has? Like, no, I don't. I've got a big toolbox full of lots of metric and standard. And, you know, I've got a drill press and, you know, a couple things and, you know, maybe a polisher. Just some simple stuff. And, and, and just then, to add to that, um, I, I don't know if any of you all know this. The first guy who ever came to use my garage when I announced this whole idea, I called him Pizza Boy. He worked at the, a local pizza place. And he had a bike that he needed to do a top end rebuild. And I'm like, sure, you can use my space, use my tools, no problem. And he got to a point, he said, do you have a valve spring compressor tool? I'm like, I don't. He bought one and then he donated it to the garage. And that was the first tool ever donated to the garage. And so that was really cool. And a lot of it just works that way. I don't have it, but if you want to get one for the garage, when you ask, it's amazing how many people will oblige. Jim, what did you want to add? Yeah, well, I was going to say I did that when I first started coming. I needed a breaker bar, a big uh, half-inch breaker bar. didn't have one, so I picked one up and left it at the garage. It still hangs up there with the dildos, actually. And that it beam does. with the dildos. Well, that's a good place for it. Like a trophy, yeah. But what I was going to say is, you remember, Paul, you're doing this to have fun. You know, and you asked mm-hmm. about rules. I think if you throw off a cool – Liza has very few rules. Seriously, don't put shit on tra- chairs. Um, and then it's like kind of don't be a dick. But if you throw off this vibe and you demonstrate that through your actions, and I think that's what happens at the garage, you really mm-hmm. don't need a bunch of rules. Because if you have rules, guess what? You got to enforce them. You don't want to do that. I think it's easier just to kind of demonstrate the kind of behavior you want to see people to do. Because we get young people in that need a little bit of guidance. Like, you know, and it doesn't happen often. Like the problems I think we have, <clears throat> the good stuff way outweighs it. Mm-hmm. And because oh, people absolutely. are there to have a good yeah. time, to get some help. And as, I think as long as you throw out that culture, the, the douchebags will leave, they'll come and go, and the cool people will hang around. So don't don't sweat the rules too much. That's my my two cents. Yeah, and I, I absolutely second that. I mean, it's you know, I kind of jumped on the whole policing thing, but in all the years that I've been coming down the garage, I mean, I've I think I've told to a couple of people, not even that you're not welcome here, it's like straighten up and you can come back. And one chose to, and one chose not to. And that's in like five or six years. What about Faith? (laughs) Yeah, she hasn't come back. Well, (laughs) Faith, you know, Faith hasn't come back through herself. And I wish she would, because, you know, Faith was... Be careful what you ask for. (laughs) Well, no, you know, Faith is welcome back at the garage. Faith's welcome on the show, but... Those you know, she needs to stay away that, from the alcohol right bottle. All right. I want to hear more of Paul's questions. I Hold on. Wait. What, what wait, questions wait, they wait, I want to no. say one thing, too. Liza's got a big box full of electronics, right? And, like, you won't have that starting out. But people right. pull harnesses off and do stuff. And it's like anytime you need wires, she'll be like, there's the electrical box. And it's literally yeah. multiple different harnesses. And you could always find, like, the plug that you need for what you need. Or you can find a wire that's long enough because there's just – a right. bunch of like electronics off staters and reg racks and things like that. And that stuff kind of just accumulates, but you need to create open spaces for things to accumulate. So hey, yeah, what, what he's plan. describing, I, the part of the whole recycle garage is we recycle things. If somebody breaks a mirror, they buy a new pair of mirrors. I'll take that in single mirror. And I have a box of single mirrors because sometimes that'll match what someone needs right. to get them down the road. I also have a box of just turn signals and brake lights, just lights things that people have replaced, you know, you break, you replace it one sir, turn signal, you know, uh, and then I have a box of just wiring things, of, like Mike said, wiring harnesses, just wiring electrical things. And you can just 
Sometimes you need a bullet, you know, with a blue wire to splice on. You just go cut it off with some old wiring harness. So I have collected these kind of things that you need. Um, another, it's not really a rule, but just kind of a, a system that was generated from this. Um, one of the things is it, if I teach you how to do something, like how to bleed brakes, then the next person who comes who needs their brakes bled, you now teach them. It's a whole trickle down thing. Once you've been shown how to do it, now you can show the next person. I saw you do this when I was down there and I thought that was genius. Yeah. And that's one of the things like I used to like in my job, I often have to do things for people. And I realized that a lot of the times if you just go fix something for somebody that you're just going to be the guy that always comes and fix it. Right. You know, like, but, but if you show them how to do it, then they will, you know, take that on to somebody else. And it's mm-hmm. way better to actually teach somebody how to do it. And then they will show other people around them. Yeah. And it'll save you all the rest of the time. And, like, and, oh my gosh. and another thing that Mike was kind of referencing. Girl syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> another thing Mike was referencing, when somebody shows up and they need major work, like they want to pull their engine and rebuild an engine, I'll say like, yeah, you're not quite there yet. Usually people have been coming for like a year. And, and learning and helping other people before they get to get to really use up a lot of the space and resources here. So I tell them, they're like, well, you know, what can I do in return? Well, you can help someone else in return. You can fill the fridge with drinks. You can do something else. So I try for everyone who takes something, they receive something. I ask them to give it back. Another thing I do like once a year, I'll call, I'll, I'll call it community service day. And I ask anyone who shows up for 15 minutes of community service. And I'll say like, can somebody sweep out the garage? Can somebody go organize the gear room? Can so, you know, and I just kind of like assign these tasks to people. I think 15 minutes of giving back is not that big of a deal, you know, or, or just have a cleaning day. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so, but you have to ask. Right, but people are more. Yeah, than happy don't to do be it. afraid. Don't be afraid to ask, Paul. Um, my theory is is how the garage works, and what I've always applied is the perfect tutor for somebody to say change the oil, but to somebody who's never changed their oil before. Is somebody who's done it once. So somebody will come in and they've never worked on their bike before. They've done the simplest task, change the oil. I'll show them how to change the oil. And I say, right, you now changed your oil. You are the perfect person to show that girl over there who wants to change her oil right now. You've done it once. Show her how to do it. I agree in principle with that because the best way to learn is by teaching. Mm-hmm. However, I think we've all had to deal with stripped uh, uh, bolts. Yeah. And uh, when, it, when it's something like your oil drain plug, that's right. uh, beyond the pale. So well, like you're really the, you're, big, you... it might be time to step in at that point and say, like, when you're going to torque it down, let me know and mm-hmm. I'll we'll go over it together. We keep an eye on people. Yeah. We're watching. Oh, yeah. Which reminded yeah. me, I do have another rule, uh, which is don't touch the vice grips. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> don't 
Don't touch the vice grips. Those and are by are permission so only. To by them. permission only. Um, and also, just so you know, I mean, in in the entire garage, um, anyone can use anything, with the exception of I do have one drawer that says Liza's Do Not Touch. There are some tools that I have that are mine, just mine, because maybe they're a little bit nicer, higher end. I got the cheap one for everyone else. I got the nice one for me. It's okay to set some stuff aside and say, And it's where you just keep me. your knickers, darling. I know, but that's the drawer, are. the first drawer Emma always <laughs> opens when she needs something, unfortunately. So this brings up the, my, my next question is what specifically do you have for public use? Yeah. Like for instance, it's easy. Um, I, I'm a trained machinist. Mm-hmm. I have a toolbox that when you open it, angels sing. I'm not going to take it over there. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. then, so what do you guys have for like, Hey, this is for public use that I'm not going to have an aneurysm if this doesn't come back. And, uh, furthermore, where do you source those tools? Because I, I hate to say it, but Harbor Freight, like for a socket, not great. If you're going to use great. a hammer from Harbor Freight. Harbor Freight no. is okay. great. Can, yeah. can I take They're this like one? They're kind of loose. No, they don't quite no, no. We'll get to pockets. it. Well, can I take this one? Yeah, go ahead. So, so first of all, if if you already have a really nice set of tools, I would recommend that you keep those for yourself and and set those aside. Like Liza has her drawer, but you have your your own box, right? Um, I would recommend that you find a whole new toolbox that's the public toolbox, so that everybody knows that's where you go for your tools. Um, <clears throat> if and since you're just starting out, what I would recommend is. Uh, start going around to like estate sales or uh, use even, tool uh, shops. They markets. exist. Everyone use has a used tool shop. Right. You know, you can find stuff really cheap. If you just you know, search around a little bit, um, you can get a lot of the basic stuff, wrenches, um, screwdrivers, pliers, things like that. And just get like just your basic set of tools there. Um, Harbor Freight also came up and I agree with you that, that the quality on a lot of Harbor, Harbor Freight stuff is less than be, less, less than desirable. But the, the rule to follow with that is you can always start out with the cheap Harbor Freight stuff. And then when it doesn't work or it breaks, then that's when you move up to something that's a little bit higher end. Because but you guys go through a ton of... Buy- no, no, no. What, what, what he's about to explain, and I'll just jump in. Yeah. If you buy a set of sockets, right? Right. And let's say that set goes from an 8 to an 18, Right. You're going to use the 10 90% of the time. You're going to use yes. the 12 8% of the disappear. time. They're, they're right? going to disappear 90% of the time. So, but you're going to have mm-hmm. a 14, a 16, an 18. You're going to have all these other sizes that are there. You've got them, but they're rarely used. And that's where a cheap tool is great because it's hardly used. And the ones that get used all the time wear out the fastest and those get replaced with a better one. You right. don't have to have a good set of sockets you only need to have a good 10 is what right, i'm saying exactly and in, you actually you get five stuff. of them and the, the right. thing i always like to tell people you know snap-on tools are guaranteed for life we all know that so are craftsman tools used to be they you they if you've got a good ace hardware they will still exchange your craftsmen. And they're a fraction of the price. You know, they're not going to break the bank. So just when you're starting off, there's, you don't need any snap-on tools for a community garage. You simply don't. Yeah. You know, if, you're, and, and if you've got the kind of community garage that's got snap-on tools for public use, you know, you're kind of starting off on the wrong foot. The just, best just, quality. 
tools we have really are craftsmen. Out of curiosity, though, are those where you're sourcing? Are you using craftsman tools when you get like get like ten, you know, ten millimeter uh, sockets? Are you going to? Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. but yeah, we've we've had very very good experience with with craftsman tools. I've earned my living with them for you know a, a good amount. And yes, I've got plenty of snap-on tools. I've got plenty of Mac tools. I'm a professional mechanic. That's what but I you do. Don't have a sawzall. But no, I don't. I'm Mike, well, I'm not okay. a because she's a professional mechanic. What's up with that? Because she can Mike, cut with Mike a hammer. Keep, Mike keeps wanting me to turn me into a fabricator. No, so um, when you're starting out, I do recommend going to a place like Harbor Freight and just getting complete sets. You're going to need sockets. You're going to need Allens. You're going to need long Allens. You're going to need all sorts of things. Um, Get all those complete sets. You have them and then slowly replace and add to it. And you can also pick up really cheap stuff there, like an extendable little magnet, you know, these little odds and ends things. So a lot of like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to spend a lot of dough on these kind of like picks, you know, some little things, grinding Magnetic discs, dishes. They, have, they have cut off stuff. Yeah. So little things like cheap $1.99, $3 things is good. But the other thing I was going to echo that Bagel said is any of your personal stuff, don't have it anywhere near the garage, riding gear, gloves. Um, cause as like, well, like we have a donation thing, um, but Liza's gear sometimes, and I don't think it's malicious. I think people like going through all the gear and they see a pair of gloves. Oh, these look cool. Right. So I would say, yeah, I second all the thing. Keep all your stuff. Yeah. I have gear stuff. that goes missing every now do you, and then. Do you have, um, um, where are you? Where are you guys? Where, where, where do you live? Hun? Uh, we are, uh, about half an hour, maybe 45 minutes north of Seattle, Washington. Oh, well, uh, Seattle's a, yeah. I mean, we're we're just off of I-5, kind of about 10, 15 minutes from I-5. And we're off Highway 2 for anybody that's local. We're between right. Stahome and Monroe. And if anyone wants to look me up, uh, you can, you know, look me up. What's the best way, I guess? Well, and I saw you put a post on the Facebook group, the right. um, Pacific oh, yeah. Northwest. Pacific PNW? Northwest Writers, PNW Writers, uh, I did on Facebook. And so that'd probably be a good spot. My name is Paul Kelly, just for the record. There you go. There you go. That's a good plug. Um, What I was going to say, do a good search for your... Sorry, Emma, can I I interrupt you? Yeah, of course. I was saying I love to throw shade. And remember, uh, Liza, when I was down there last time, you were giving me the stink eye. (laughs) And I, since I love to do that, and uh, and Mike, it's not all you, just for the record. (laughs) Uh, If anybody wants to see any pictures of uh of what we're doing uh you can look me up on my instagram uh ride fast and take chances <laughs> all right so on Very the good. cleveland moto site <laughs> <laughs> well someone didn't take it so there you go wow. well, well, wants well. It back, he can he knows what he has to do right wow. um, so go ahead emma but um, no, I was just going to say, do a Google search of your local um, Habitat for Humanity store. They have a massive tool section. Massive. Yeah, Go in there definitely. with 20 or 30 bucks for Habitat for Humanity. I know Seattle's full of them. That's, That's where you're going to start. Place where you give them like 30 cents a day and it feeds a kid or some shit like that? No, no you know, yeah, something like that, Mike. You know, poor people. That would that lady singing the song and all those kids are in the in the in the nasty ass uh, yeah, he, big bellies and the fucked up kneecaps 
Oh my god! <laughs> You're thinking of oh, South no. Park, Mike. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so but I think that tools of these little poor kids. Right. Oh but I think the, the, the point we're making is to actually equip the garage with tools to start. It is going to require an outlay, but not as much as you think. You're, you're going to need chairs. You're going to need somewhere for people chairs. to sit. Get chairs. Um, yep. You know, but it's not going to cost you a fortune. But it is going to cost you because this is a commitment you're making to the community. And, There's uh, an initial cost, but it'll pay you back a hundred times. It will. A uh, thousand times. Uh, another thing that I would recommend that I started doing much later, but has really been popular, is having the free gear room. So oh, yeah. every biker I know has extra gear sitting in their closet. No one ever gets rid of it, right? They have old gear. I started just putting my old gear, making that available to people who showed up. Without a jacket or without boots, I'm like, I got an old pair I'm not using. I started giving them away. And when I started saying, hey, anyone else have any gear they want to bring? And people started donating. Then more and more people started bringing it. Now people ship us gear. And I've got a whole stocked room of gloves and boots and helmets and dirt biking gear and like rain suits. And like, it's huge. There's more people with extra gear to donate than there are people to give it to. But now I'm reaching out to our friends who teach who instruct at schools stuff like that and they're putting out the word to people there and when anyone shows up without gear we're like hey uh you're wearing garden gloves come here and next thing you know they've got like a set of heated <laughs> nice gloves so that's something if you have the room and it sounds like you do with that uh with that trailer that would be a great way to really start the community by reaching out to your local community asking for donations and offering it to people and we, we do that. Everything is free. And we have people give us new stuff. They'll get like a helmet or boots that didn't quite fit. They don't like. They just they just give it to us and we give it away. Yeah, Bagel? So how, did, how do you reach out to your community? Because you were talking about um, doing like cleanup days and things like that. Is it that you have a like no. a Facebook group or, some, no. or an email group no. or you just tell them in person when they're there? Or... Uh, quite the opposite. I do my best to not promote my garage at all. To be quite honest, um, I, I don't have the room or capacity for a lot of people. I don't promote it. I started out. Group, right? Huh? We do have a Facebook. Group. We do now. But I started out just putting the word out to friends. And for the first few years, it was only one, two, maybe three people coming by. Now, three people was about the most I can handle. And we were working on individual bikes for, you know, months at a time. It was, and we would all help with the project bikes. And that's, I mean, that's okay. Having two or three people show up and working on project bikes, it's fun, you know? And that yeah, is like, a way like, that you can start it is by buying a project bike and have everyone help on it, especially your kids too, which maybe that's what you already do with the Rebels. But, you know, buying an, an old Honda, like, uh, you know, Trail 90 or something and letting everyone learn how to rebuild brakes, rebuild carburetors. Yeah, Bagel? Yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up that uh, we kind of touched on a little bit earlier is it's important to have restroom facilities available of some kind. Um, so I don't know if you've got plumbing out in, in that area to put uh, like a little <clears throat> makeshift toilet, but that would be great if you could do that right in the garage. But if not, uh, people are going to need to use the facilities in your house probably, so be prepared for that. 
I also recommend having a taqueria next door. That definitely helps. You don't have that. <laughs> oh. No, you, you. Oh. So I've got you beat on everything but the taqueria, but we do have a restroom facility that's pretty accessible. Do okay. not expect that you will have an instant community. It took years to grow the community. But do expect that you will have a couple individuals coming over, hanging out with you on weekends and forming amazing friendships. And, f- yeah, and let's kind of, yeah, kind of what we've done. Um, like, so for instance, uh, like if you're looking here um, on the screen, you've got, uh, let me see if I can get, okay, this is D and over hey. here is E and there. So Wait, uh, for instance, E and E. Oh yeah, yeah. Danny. Okay. Uh, yeah, and so they everybody. I'm P. This is T. Uh, we've got G over there. Got it. Anyway, so it's the way our house rolls. Anyway, um. So you're the so big P. I didn't say it. But anyway, so the, the so I totally, totally lost track of what I'm trying to say now. Thanks. <laughs> so anyway, we were doing some um. Uh, some motorcycle riding recently where I uh, were uh, T uh, Tiffany here and, and D my oldest were um, mm-hmm. just went through the MSF. And so we were going out to some of the uh, abandoned uh, movie theaters and doing mm-hmm. motorcycle training in mm-hmm. those areas while they were doing the MSF classes. And so when we invited a friend, we had another friend come, I've got a bunch of bikes. And so, you know, us, I really like small bikes, especially Hondas. And so I had a DT 125. I had a, a super cub. Uh, we had a rebel uh, actually now we have two and we got some of those cones off of Amazon and going out and doing, uh, uh, doing that's us. <laughs> oh yes. Oh. So we were doing, uh, that, and so we we're doing, uh, uh, cones and in the, doing the MSF style classes in the, um, in the parking lots mm-hmm. of abandoned movie theaters. And we had a great time doing this. We do that too. It's just on a milk crate being dragged behind another bike. I have a couple of those. <laughs> I know I was going to mention, Liza. The other thing that, that I think helped build the community and was fun is we would do silly stuff like that. Having I mean, fun. It's yeah. it's not always chariot racing, but, you know, it'd be a, a trip somewhere or a little group ride with people you like and people or, you want to, you know, kind of build we've got some, off of. We've got some backfields that would be beautiful for dirt bikes. It's uh, flat, flat track racing. Yeah, exactly. yeah, the little mini flat track stuff, silly stuff. But yeah, I mean, that, that that's another way I think a fun way to build community right. and also attract the kind of people that you want to attract to your scene. And, you know, we we try to make the recycle garage. I mean, everyone thinks that we're just about showing you how to work on a bike. But in truth, we we encourage you working on your own bike and we'll show you how to do it. But we encourage safe riding techniques we encourage safe clothing choices and techniques so if you're kind of this all-encompassing place that you actually show people how to be a decent human being while they're riding their bike you're going to get a lot more people and as, as jim said you know if you've got this nice vibe about you which you do you're going to attract these kind of people so so it's going to be great danger and then slowly influence them to be better. Yes, exactly. That's how you 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 reel people in. You see, you reel people <laughs> yes. in with the danger, yeah. 
And then you show, well, this is extremely stupid. We're going to show you what not to do. And then we do it. And then we hurt ourselves mightily. But here's um, another thing, too, to, to keep in mind is that, like, you could always go to some local shops and tell them what you're doing, too, because sometimes the local shops are so slammed with stuff and they, they they'll, somebody will come in with, like, a small job and they just don't have time to do it. Right. Or they'll push them off for a few days or, like, oh, we can't do the tire. So it's like it because it, I know that a lot of mm-hmm. people, a lot of the garages here will say, oh, go, ahead, go down and recycle. Or the bike is too old. It's out of like past 20 years old and they don't want to touch it. So right. they're like, oh, but I know a place where they can help you kind of figure it out. Right. And so that would be a really good resource for you to, to, to try to build, you know, a smaller community. And then while you have that and you're doing that, create like a space that's, uh, you, know, uh, you know, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> See, remember, a, a motorcycle shop is actually not your enemy as a community garage, even though you think it might be. Most motorbike stores won't touch a bike when it gets to over 10 years old. But if they're a decent shop, they don't like to just arbitrarily say no. They want to build community. Right. If they're a good shop, they'll say, look, we can't work on this here because there's the rules. However, I know somewhere where you can do it, and that's where you come in. Also, if you've got a local wrecking yard, I don't know. I'm sure there's a thousand of them in Seattle. I know they used to be a lot more popular than they are now, but there's plenty in California. I know there's plenty in Washington. Go down to your local wrecking yard and say, hey, I'm starting a collective garage. I'm going to send all my people down to you for used parts how about if I give you 20 bucks and you throw me three or four old wiring harnesses into this milk crate? And so now suddenly you've got the electric box that Liza's got. It's booger sugar. You know? Stop. It's a, the, the thing I think you're going to have problems with, Paul, is you fall into the trap that a lot of engineers and machinists do. You want everything to be perfect. Ah, and in your paid. mind. And in your mm-hmm. mind, you've got this immaculate garage full of snap-on tools with everybody wearing immaculate clothes and doing exactly the right thing on their mm. bikes. And it's not going to be like that. His barn, the section of the barn that he gets right. all of his bikes and his tools looks like shit. So he, yeah. my advice okay. my advice to you paul she put me in the corner of the barn she's like right. you get that corner but just <laughs> remember it's not gonna be perfect i have to work to a high standard when i'm doing my professional mechanic bit because people are paying me a great deal of money upwards of 150 dollars an hour to lay my hands on their bike so I'd better be doing the perfect job. Emma will put hands on you. Right. For $150 an hour. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what it costs if you want me to lay my hands on your bike. Unless it's on a Sunday and I'll do it for free. But the thing is, when I'm at the garage, you've just got to back up. You've got to back up and say, look, it's not going to be perfect. People are going to make mistakes. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be, you know, people are going to break tools. That's kind of how things work, you know? 
And um, you have to remember, too, before Emma came along, none of us were mechanics. And so the rule was like, um, all right, you got this project. You got this SV650 with electrical problems, YouTube. Uh, my, my thing is I would tell anyone right. who showed up, get a manual. Don't put one on your phone. Bring a paper manual that we can get our greasy fingers on, and I will help you go through and figure it out. And I learned in the process for a lot of these things, too. So you don't have to know what you're doing, but I do know how to handle a broken bolt. I do know how to handle which is the right tool to use for the job, that kind of stuff. And if you're in the local, I'm sorry, Paul, but if you're in the local bookstore, if you're in the local secondhand store and you see a workshop manual for a bike, just buy it. Yeah. Buy it. There should be a shelf. There should be a giant shelf in your garage that is full of workshop manuals. And I did. I started collecting them and a lot of people donated them. I remember going to the library sidewalk sale. And they had a whole bunch out there that I bought really cheap. I started nice. collecting them. So I do have a small library of manuals. Yep, there you go, like Mike. Um, but yep. just know, you don't have to be a mechanic to know what you got to do. You just have to be able to follow the directions. Yeah, I'm big on the shop manuals, especially for from the manufacturer shop manuals, if you can get those. Uh, like the Honda ones, you just can't. There, There's nothing better. So while while Mike is up, another thing, because you're talking about the tools. So I have multiples of certain things because they're going to be broken. They're going to be lost. They're going to disappear. So like, but also if you have five people show up, you need to have five M10 sockets. And this is how we organize them. Yeah. Um, And they they all have multiples of them in it. So it's like, it's more than just like uh, just one or two, because I have a couple different sets of different stuff. And then like, say, Alan's in well, so you um, so you can get, get yeah, you can you get are. those organizer trays. But here's what works great. You know what? I put all my wrenches in cutlery sets from the Salvation Army. <laughs> you know, cutlery drawers—they're the perfect for wrenches. Exactly. You can get these uh, organizers and, and bins. So um, that's just yeah, that's. Uh, organizing and having multiples is is the way you do it. But like also too, you know, I I I was talking like I I took a lot of cues from Liza's garage because I remember when it was a bit of a mess, and then she took some time for whatever reason to reorganize stuff. So I kind of did a lot of the same things that she did, where she labeled and and you know kind of just consolidated a lot of just loose miscellaneous stuff because we'd be like you know, where's this? And it'd be like, it's over there somewhere. You know what I mean? And you'd just be like digging through stuff. So, I mean, like, yes, that's, I I used to have the socket sets, you know, you'd have every size in that one little uh, holder and people would mix them up. There'd be an American and a metric. They would, there'd be two tens here and two eights there. So I gave up, I gave up on having those. And that's why I just went with the drawers. Just throw it in the number 10 drawer. Just throw it, just throw it in. Um, all your yeah. fluids kind of in one place. Like she's, you know, this is the same as Liza. Like they'll, they'll have some of the paints and stuff and, you know, somebody will use some oil and then you'll have like, you know, half a quart of oil and stuff like that. You know, somebody will use half a can of sea foam. You still have that, you know? And then the other thing was that w- when I had more room, like Liza does now, I did this and I would do like all wire and conduit one thing. Yeah. So get tubs. Tools. 
We use a lot of tubs to just organize stuff. Mounting hardware. Oh, they're like those are just tubs on shelves. That's easy enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, here, it's so easy. He touch on all those. And, and, and also, before all of this shit was in one box. So then I went through and I'm like, well, why do I have headlights? And like, why do I have blinkers all in the same place? Yeah. I could just put them in two separate things. And then, you know what I mean? And, and it just taking a little bit of time to kind of, you know, do that kind of shit uh, was helpful. You know? So yeah. and, go ahead. And also, uh, real quick, just on that same note, um, you know, my garage came with these, uh, you know, these shelves that were built in. That are mm-hmm. great for holding all kinds of fluids and 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 supplies and things, but if you don't have that, you can go to like the Habitat for Humanity or other like mm-hmm. used uh, hardware store uh, kind of place, and they will often have just cabinets just sitting around real cheap that you can you can buy or, you know, even on online you know Craigslist or whatever, you can find all kinds of stuff really cheap like that that can be really useful in the garage. Uh, so here's another thing that I developed over years. Uh, I have a one tub and it's called the lost and found. And that it's a small tub. The lost and found is I would always find nuts and bolts on the ground and screws. People like do a project and they leave them. But then someone comes along and like, hey, do you have an M10 or do you have a this? So any lost <laughs> bolts and nuts, I started throwing them in the lost and found box. Anytime we took something apart and there were extra screws, throw them in the lost and found box. And then when somebody needs something or they have, there's a rusty, like, Hey, do you have, instead of going to the hardware store, they go to the lost and found bucket and they dig through and find the screw or the nut or, you know, the bolt that they need. It's, it's so simple. It's stupid, but I cannot tell you how many times people find exactly what they need in the lost and found bucket. Yeah. Another good one is have a, a box or bin of rags because you always need rags in the garage. So old clothes or towels or sheets or whatever they don't need anymore, just cut them up and throw them in the box. By the way, I have not bought rags in years. They've all been donated T-shirts. Right. Yeah. Also um, keep a garbage can, like at least two garbage cans, one for recyclables and, you know, uh, you know, one for other stuff like recyclables um, and one for garbage. Paul, I mean, have you have you actually got a place, a, a very specific place laid out where this is actually going to happen on your? Property? Yeah, we have a second driveway. Um, right. So, on um, so we have this like uh, the, our property is really long and thin, and we have a second driveway with its own power pole and water supply to it and everything, and it's like it's separate from our house. And so it's, it's really nice that way. And, you know, considering that we're right off of a highway and stuff, we're actually really accessible. The, the, the one thing about the garage that I don't like is in order to use the restroom or to wash our hands, we have to invade into Liza's privacy. Because basically we go into her house. And Liza's been very, very gracious with that over the years. But obviously, at some stage, that's not going to be sustainable. Well, actually, Um, I have a second bathroom and I don't clean it. I think Bagel was the last one to clean it. (laughs) But nevertheless, um, so if you've got its own water supply, so, you know, restrooms are great. You're going to be doing dirty work. Of course, you're working on bikes. So making sure that people have got a means of washing their hands and cleaning themselves up before they go home. Yeah, that's that's doable over there. there um, 
I the septic system over there is still probably functional, but I wouldn't use it for anything other than washing hands, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, just, I don't want to test it, uh, but I can definitely put a sink over there. I have a laundry tub all right. over there already. And you know, and, you know I, I have a hot water tank over there and stuff. It's easy enough to do. Yeah, right. And, if, if, and at, at first you're not going to have many people, but as people start showing up, you know, you might want to um, rent a portable crap. I don't oh. think they're actually that expensive. But, you know, if people are going to be there for any stretch of time, more than two or three hours, especially if you're in the country, as I think you are, they're going to need somewhere to go. Give them a We've bucket. Got a super, Give them a like, we bucket. have a, a mudroom area and uh, where you can go in and there's a bathroom just inside the door. Right. Perfect. There you go. And as long as it's not intruding on your yeah. or anybody else's privacy. That's, that's the one thing that I've always found kind of hokey about the garage. And like I say, Liza's never mentioned it being a problem. It's only a problem when you go into my freezer and steal my ice cream. Well, I'm doing you a favor, darling. <laughs> it happens. You know? It has happened. is amazing. <laughs> Our bathroom is not amazing. Her, her tub is like sunk into the floor. Bagel, <laughs> what well, you got? The, the other thing I wanted to mention is, uh, especially if you're on the septic system there, um, you want to put a grease trap on the sink because especially if people are, people are washing their hands after you know, uh, working on bikes, you don't want to, don't want that flowing into the septic system. Pro tip. Well, yeah. um, we don't have too much longer, but I, I want to learn Wait, just a I little bit. I say one more thing though, Liza. I, I think that another thing to be aware of and cognizant is, uh, people who, when they drink alcohol or bring alcohol, mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever had any problems at, we at have. recycle except for what's her name? Faith. No, we uh, have. Yeah. Okay. We, we, There's somebody who we pulled aside and said, you're drinking too much. Okay. Well, so, and they yeah, have so that, that's, you know, it's one thing when somebody brings a six pack and they're all day and, you know, share them with other people. But if somebody starts bringing in like 24 pack and 30 pack and they plan on being in there all day and then they want to ride off on their motorcycle, you know, you were the last place that they were at. So, right. you know, th those are other things that you like, I, there's no like path written for how you should handle it. But I think those are, those are, you know, obstacles that you should be aware of that you might run into and, and can, you know, consider how you might handle that prior to, you know, because you might run into people you don't know and then they're nice and cool. And next thing you know, they're hammered and they think it's a place to come and get hammered when that's not what, what, what we do at the recycle. Yeah. Come there and have a beer or two and some lunch and work on bikes and have some jokes and go home. But, you know, so just brace yourself for that stuff too, you know? So for, for anyone who's up in uh, the, the Northern Washington area, so they learn a little bit more about you and your family is this something that you think everyone is going to be participating in? T, D, and E? <laughs> I have a feeling I'll be more the organizer. <laughs> oh, are you good at the stink eye? Uh, maybe, yes. but organize things. So, <laughs> Well, and just let's learn a little bit more. So, Paul, what do you ride? Ooh, like what bikes do I have? Which mm -hmm. one? Mm -hmm. How many? <laughs> uh, okay, I have a soup. I have about eight bikes right now. Uh, do you um, said that? I've, said I've, that like that's a problem. Have you not seen our garages? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not that he's like a problem. It, it would I know. Be better if we're running though. Eight is normal for us, just so you know. 
All so, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wrote down there on a V Strom. Mm-hmm. I also have a 2019 Super Cub. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I have a, a, a 1978 uh, DT125. I also have a DT400. Are, are we now into the non running bikes? No, the, okay, the DT125 runs. In okay. fact, a D, I uh, was riding it around and uh, having fun on st- two strokes, riding around a, uh, um, you know, the movie theater parking lot until, nice. you know, felt the plug. I think runs is kind of a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> so the, you, only, you know, two strokes. You've got to change out the plugs every now and then. Anyway, the, um, there's that. Uh, let's see. We have, I've, I've got a whole bunch of bikes. So anyway, I've got a CB350. And I've got a, a, a CL350 as well. Um, so you've got pl- and, and, projects for everyone. Well, the CB350 runs great. The CL350 is a project. Okay. Uh, then, But they both have uh, uh, Tiffany. I can talk for myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> we were going to get there. <laughs> Tiffany, what are you running? I have a Honda Rebel. I just bought cool. um, in September, like, I took, Brand the, new. I took the class. Oh, congr- oh the new one. Cool. I was like, well I done. need a bike to practice on because all of his are crap or too big for me. Uh, <laughs> what crap for a 70s bike is crap. Quote, quote. <laughs> uh, shade thrown again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I needed something that fit me <laughs> because I'm short. And so, um, yeah, so the Rebel is perfect size for me for like starting out, learning. Like, right, exactly. Nice. Learning your craft. It's yeah. a nice bike. Well, not just that in building, it's a confidence builder too. Right. Yeah. So that, that's really nice. good choice. And, and, and what did the kids ride? Uh, I have uh, the other Rebel. It's what, 2002, right? Yep. So it's a Rebel 250? Yep. Mm-hmm. And cool. yeah, I just bought it a few months ago after I got my permit. Congratulations. And it's just really fun to ride. Yeah. Excellent. So, and for the record, uh, D here is uh, it, 16, almost 17. 17 in two weeks. So, there you go. Practically. Wow. Awesome. And how about well, what E? About the other one? What about the other one with the curly Yes. Hair? The other what one. What does the one? other one ride? What's that? Uh, well, you see, um, I have 35 bikes, and <laughs> all of them run. <laughs> all of them run. Live. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't ride any bikes, um, except I sometimes go go on papas on like the back roads and stuff you ride the quad i write yeah i sometimes ride the quad when it's not muddy out in the field um yeah i'm planning on riding a motorcycle because okay really good cool. yes that's good how old are you darling how old are you um i'm 14 14 14 16 coincidentally my iq very nice. <laughs> so since you have a 14-year-old in the house, I'm sure you hide all the the, the bike keys, right? Because I would have been out there if I had It's so weird. Bikes. Like, they are so responsible. Oh. Like, um, in Teen Wolf, do you remember that scene where, like, why didn't you tell us why that you were a werewolf? And they're like, well, sometimes it skips a generation. They skipped a freaking generation. They're like the <laughs> best kids ever. Like, I'm like, I was out doing mayhem. Why aren't you? And I keep like giving them the side eye, like waiting for something. Nothing. So at 14 years old, I, I went around to my friend's house and um, 
he said, oh, my parents have gone out, but I've got the key to the cocktail cabinet. So we went in the cocktail cabinet and we spent all afternoon drinking vodka and oranges and I was oh, sick no. all over my pants. <laughs> that's that's what happened to me at 40. Oh, is that little Miss Poopy Pants? <laughs> it There's is. Freya. Hey, Freya. Freya. That's, that's a biker in the making right there. Well, you know what? Look at all that lovely hair. That's a little Viking. Look at her. You, you know what's funny, Paul, is your family is big enough to start the the, the community garage. You have yeah, your own community. And, and that's what made me think about it is that uh, we have a friend who uh, was out learning to practice motorcycles in the, um, the the movie theater parking lot. And then with us, you know, they're out doing the same thing. And I was like, oh, well, heck, I have all the supplies to do this and I have a space. This could actually work. And that's what made me do it. And plus, I have to say, like, uh, Tiffany, you should say really real quick. Tiffany didn't want to ride. Tiffany was like, I'm going to ride on the back. You need to get a bigger bike. And then I'm going to ride on the back. And, and my biggest bike is the V-Strom 650, right? So I'm like, eh, I love this bike. I don't want anything bigger. So anyway, Tiffany, maybe you could say like what happened. So he has this dream of traveling around the world on a motorcycle. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not riding on the back of your motorcycle you need to get something more comfortable for me that has armrests and, you know, cup holders and like, this, <laughs> yeah. this is working. Um, but I also noticed that I started getting like really nervous when he would go around corners and I know he knows what he's doing, but it just wasn't, I, I would close my eyes. I was not feeling comfortable on the motorcycle. So he was bugging me for years. Come on. You just, if you learn how to ride, we can go, we can explore, we can have adventures. And I'm like, no, never going to happen. So D really wanted to learn to ride. And so he just took the liberty of signing the two of us up for the MSF class. No, I said, I, to be fair, <laughs> I said, would you want to go? I, I was sneaky. I yes. said, would you, <laughs> D wants to take the MSF and it would be a really good mother step, you know, stepmom and, and kid uh, bonding experience. And, and I was like, and you should do that. It'd be great for both of you. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, if I'm ever going to get him to shut up about me writing, I'm just going to take this class, tell him I hated it. And then he'll never bug me again. So I'm super scared. I'm like thinking this is a terrible idea, but oh. these, these, this class, they were so like careful and thoughtful and slow at getting mm-hmm. a novice rider, right? Like they like, okay, stand next to your bike. Okay. Now get on your bike, but we're not going to start it. Like they started out so slowly that Mm -hmm. the next thing I knew I was riding and I was still a little bit scared, but I thought I can actually do this. And a lot of my life I've said no to things. And so once I turned 40, I won't tell you when that was, you don't need to know how long ago that was. I started saying yes to more things. And so I felt like this was one of those opportunities where I could be scared and not take the chance or I could just go for it. And so I decided I would just go for it. And I, I actually, by the end of the weekend, I was loving it. And then I, I thought I need to practice this more. And so I went out and I got my rebel and, you know, I'm still not the most confident writer, but I'm also very cautious and so I think over time, I will get to the point where we're getting to go on those adventures that he wanted mm-hmm. to go to. And I will be enjoying myself and not hating every second of it. Uh, I asked her when she would, 
<laughs> yeah, I asked her when she'd be uh, like what training class she would want to do next because I love doing training classes. Mm-hmm. The, part of the reason she was like uh, closing her eyes is because I did a bunch of like uh, cornering classes and stuff because I <laughs> yeah. feel like I need to I need to do a, a class every year or two. Like I, I try to do one every two years at least just to stay current and kind of break me out of my shell so that I uh, I can actually be like I try to expand. And so like, I'm comfortable doing a lot of stuff. And so I said, well, what one would you like to do that with me for next class? Cause you know, I'm, I, I like basic classes. They're, they're great. You know, reestablish your basics. And she was like, well, whatever one will get me to be able to ride in Vietnam. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, Vietnam is actually not that hard in that you're riding the smaller bikes there. We do have a super, yeah. super cup. Yeah, perfect. The super cup is so yeah. fun to ride. Oh my gosh, it's perfect. so easy. Perfect. Nice. Well, you know what, Paul? Another thing that you're going to have to get good at uh, if you're going to have your own uh, recycle garage is giving advice. And uh, I'm going to let you help us out right now because we have somebody emailed us who needs some advice. So uh, I'm going to read this email and let's see if we can uh, get a good answer from all of us. Uh, this one is from Dustin, and he says, hey, what's up, Misfits? Uh, I'm Dustin. This is Dustin from beautiful British Columbia, straight to the north. Please keep that your stories beautiful. coming through while I'm shredding the slopes on my skis and dreaming of bikes. So Dustin says, after eight years of not riding, uh, but he had an R6 before, he finally said, fuck it, and bought himself a shiny new bike. He got a 2019 Z900 in gray and red, that he got for okay. a discount because it was uh, amongst the 2020 stock. It's a great bike. However, I pulled the trigger without testing anything else. And now I know she's not the right one for me. So I've oh. learned a lesson or two out of the deal. And now I'll be going with used bikes until I know I found a ride that gets my blood pumping by sight, sound, and speed. The more I hear about them, the more I know I have to check out the Triumph Triples. They've clearly got some love, especially from Miss Emma. Um, yes. Uh, maybe one day I'll be cool enough to chop something up, uh, but you know, it'll probably be something like a ruckus. So um, he's looking at a triple. He says, "Like to chop." <laughs> yeah, there's a dealer close enough for me to check out uh, a bike on the weekend, and he's got three options. So we're going to help him with these options. Um, the boots. So these are all yes, stretch booster baby. <laughs> so these are all um, street triples, and this is a very good question that can be applied to almost any model of bike. All right, Emma, I hope you're paying attention. Yeah, no, because what we have I'm, here I'm, are bikes from different years. Is it better to get a newer bike with higher miles or an older bike with lower miles? So here's the options. Uh, it's a 2013 street triple. With uh, twenty two thousand miles for thirty nine fifty, or a two thousand and seven with forty five thousand miles for thirty one sixty, or a two thousand and one with sixty six hundred miles for thirty nine fifty. So they're they're all kind of close in range, but two of them. So perfect example: a twenty thirteen with twenty two thousand miles, or a oh, two thousand and one. With sixty six hundred miles, both the same price. What do you? The youngest bike, always the youngest bike, and I'll tell you why. Well, we were going to let Paul answer, but okay, Emma, go ahead. Um, <laughs> there's there's two factors that affect the age on a bike, mm-hmm. and 
the one you stop shaking your head, Mister, or I will come around. I will slap oh, that fucking bike. Is so awful. Um, Let me do this one. It's mileage is one thing, but time, rubber parts, plastic mm. parts, finish on parts degenerate just with time. He's still Correct. starting out of a period of activity. Mm. Go for the youngest bike. Go for the latest technology on that bike. A 2013 Triple Triumph is a fundamentally better bike than a 2001. Yeah, and because it's got 12 years of development behind it. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm just going to expound on that. There's two things that wear down a bike. One is miles, and one is time. So there's certain things that get eaten up by miles, right? So you're going to have bearings and and tires and chains and sprockets and those kind of things. But then on the flip side, um, things with time, like she was saying, um, anything rubber, so seals and and lines and stuff like that. Um, and I would find, Emma, would you say like anything within 15 years, anything within 15 years is probably going to be okay on the time stuff? Once it's outside yeah. of 15 years, now that's when you're going to start having things going out on you, like seals and rubber, right? You know, I mean, right? the thing is, especially if, you, if you're dealing with a smaller manufacturer like Triumph, Honda, Suzuki, well, to a lesser extent, Suzuki, um, Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, they can spend a fortune on a research and development. Triumph, Moto Guzzi, even Ducati can't spend quite as much. So you, the consumer of the guinea pig, they're going to get their bikes as good as they can before they release it to you. But there's still going to be development work to do. So I always say the, the, the Japanese manufacturers work on a slightly different time scale. I always say by the second year of something. The first year is the experimental. The second year, they've got everything right. The third and fourth year, now they're going to cost engineer it down and get the value out of it. The British manufacturers and the European ones, they are constantly refining the product. And that's why I say the 2013 Street Triple is a fundamentally better bike than a 2001 because it's being developed every year. They're all the ugliest bike. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I swear to you. They, they well, you told ugly. me my you told me my trident. You told me my trident was ugly. And Listen. you absolutely you absolutely broke my heart. And Listen. you put another hundred dollars on your bill. Listen, Just by I, saying I, I paid two hundred dollars for you to believe me, okay? First you of know. all. Second of all, let me tell you something about these tridents, all right? They are the worst looking bike I've ever seen in my life. Not to try to the fucking trip mark, right? <laughs> I've never seen such a thing in my life. Now, I've seen a good naked bike, and this is not it. The 01, the 07, the 13, they all look like like they just, you know how SV650 like skimps out on certain things? You know, you buy the bike and you redo them a little bit, like increase the, the suspension, you know, better brakes. But you get a, a low-budget bike. You're paying top dollar for this bike. That looks like they didn't finish the the friggin' thing. Yeah, and, and it's so stupid looking. But Mike, there and is there is a difference. You have to take into account the um, the perception. Um, people who horrible. don't who ride slow like you are more concerned with how it looks. People who ride fast like him are more concerned with the performance. 
So yeah, that's I the think, difference. I, I think <laughs> more skillful riders okay. are attracted to triumphs. You know, I think, yeah, it's definitely more skillful riders. More mature I riders. Cringe. When I see people riding by on that bike, I cringe. I'm like, oh, that's, I can't even. I couldn't, but you couldn't pay me to buy that bike. Now, now I'll tell you right now, uh, uh, Charlie's bike with the fairing on it, now that was a sexy Triumph Triple. And I'll tell you that man, that that just screamed sports bike to me. This other one right here, this piece of trash, looks like someone crashed it, and they had to pull the rest of the stuff off of it. And they're like, "Oh, here you go. We couldn't. The rest of the plastics were garbage. So, but the headlights are still here. You know, here's the bike. That's what it looks. I swear to God, it's the worst looking thing I've ever seen in my life. It looked. I can't believe. Oh, you want to take this one, Paul? Go ahead. I want to know. Uh, at the beginning, he listed his experience. And uh, for my experience, uh, every time I've ever gotten into trouble was on triples. And uh, so whenever I talk to someone about a triple, I ask them what their writing experience was. So I would go back to that at the beginning of his message and ask, like, what was his experience before you get into that? Well, he wrote an R6 before, so I think he's looking for that performance that he's not getting out of the, the Z900. Um, yeah, the big difference is to sit the seat level. Yeah, yeah. Like he's going to be up a little bit higher too because it has the uh, well, riser handlebars. I, I would actually recommend just get a Rebel. It's really going to be the best bike. <laughs> I mean, it, if you want to, if you want longevity, if you want to live, just get a Rebel. Uh, we yeah. actually call them Rebels. Just remember, right it's better Rebel. to ride a fast bike slow. Then no, no, it's better to ride a slow but, bike fast. fast Wait, yeah, I, fast bike I don't slow. know. Yes, exactly. it doesn't matter because Mike rides them all slow. I know. Tiffany I know. wants the eleven hundred now. No, I don't. I'm perfectly happy with the three hundred. Shut up. So, um, we're we're getting we're getting close to the the two hour mark. So, do you think they're gonna beat them? Do you think they're gonna beat each other up? I think that'd be jolly good fun. Paul, what what you've done? You you are a very smart man, and in including your whole family, because what you have yes. done now is you've gotten a free pass to buy whatever tools you need to buy. So I'd add compressor to that list. Start buying all the tools you want because you got a free pass. And now you can start buying project bikes and you have a reason. But Because it's for the community. Don't buy the snap-on tools. You don't need snap-on tools for your garage. Don't even get the, the, you know, the Mac tools just get the craftsman tools, get the used tools, even get the harbor freight tools to start. Mm-hmm. You're going to see things doing tools that will turn your hair gray. <laughs> it's okay. Just take a deep breath and show them the proper way. But don't you don't need to buy the top end tools. Habitat for Humanity. But uh, and and I want to thank you for wanting to do it and and just let you know you oh it's going to be great welcome to use the recycle name the recycle logo you're welcome to use that there if you want to have recycle snohomish no we're going to call it fuck Mike snohomish (laughs) (laughs) oh god you know I forgot you were in snohomish you know I had. Many, many years ago, I had this absolutely marvelous car called the Jensen Interceptor. Um, and the people who actually run the whole parts business for Jensen's, even though it's a British car, were in Snohomish. 
How big is the town? That's a small world. Yeah. Is it a small town? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. It's, uh, boy, it's it's not big. That's for sure. Yeah, I wish I could remember their name, but I think they only retired from it like last year. But up until last year, if you had one of these Jensen's anywhere in the world, you bought parts from these people, and they probably rest- paid for them. Uh, oh yeah, it's very very expensive. Well, the very, very expensive. the thing the thing here too that I'm looking forward to reports from you is hopefully the kids will get into this, and for the kids to oh, learn how to wrench. Are. You guys don't realize now how empowering that is and how much you're going to learn that you will be using later in life. And that's pretty darn cool, being able to fix and build things. I mean, Jim's a great example. He's still learning as we go. And recently he just started getting into sheet metal work. I showed him how to do some simple stuff. And he's he's forming and building stuff out of sheet metal. And you feel really cool when you can build something with your hands. Right, Jim? You still have that sensation, right? Yeah, he built a little box for his electronics on his tracker nice. project. So um, I think that it's going to be great for just your family alone, and then hopefully you're going to make some new friends. And just know, I mean, all of my friends, all the people that are close to me in my life, every single one of them I've met through the garage. And that was just by word of mouth. It just It's just organic. It just happened. And I know other people who've done the same. And so you can make the garage whatever works for you. You can help people work on their bikes or you can buy a project bike and have everyone work on it, whatever works for you. But um, I'm just glad that you're doing it. So um, so what, I guess best way, look for, um, I think, the Pacific Northwest Facebook group, which I put a request in to join so I could kind of follow. And I ho- I'm hoping that maybe you even start a recycle um, you know, Facebook page so people can go there. Uh, to meet you and ask questions. Yeah. Now too. So yeah. And just a reminder to anyone else: the reason that I really wanted to invite you guys on to talk about this um, publicly is because that's been my number one thing. I've always been uh, inviting other people. Like you should do it too. There's so many people say, "I wish I had something like this near me," and I say, "Then why don't you?" And right. for the record, I just need to put this out there that uh, Liza always pushes people to like do more or like if you see something like if you were on the edge of a cliff, don't make sure Liza's not around. <laughs> when I say like I, I reached out to say like, hey, Liza, I have a few questions about like, you know, tools and liability. She said you're on next week's show. <laughs> so, uh, so just for the record, guys. Don't give her ideas. <laughs> they, they all know. Oh, they we all know. know. Well, Liza's job is to give you ideas. And and they all yeah. appreciate it in the long run. But, uh, and, uh, the, I mean, the ultimate thing you need to know, it's going to be hard work. It's going to be frustrating. It's not always going to be how you want it to be. But it will change your life for the better. And it will change other people's lives for the better as well. Um, The motorcycle community, we're in a period of great change. We've been thrown a lifeline in the past year. But if you look at the overall trajectory of how motorcycling as we know it, 
it's it's changing drastically in the next few years. So just be part of the change for the better, because God knows we're going to get a lot of change for the worse that we're not going to like. So be changed for the better. And it sounds like you are. I think it's absolutely wonderful. And, Good and luck. if you do post your rules there, um, if we somebody mentioned it, but I'm just going to say the number one rule is have fun. Yep. True. Just remember that. Um, so I think, I think that about wraps it up. I wanted to thank uh, the Kellys for joining us coming on here uh, and hopefully you'll come back and give us a report. Uh, I know other people have done this and it was really cool to see friendships develop and projects come out of it. So um, yeah, I hope you guys come back um, and just, um, and thank you, Paul. Also, I know you've been a listener of ours for a while now, so thank you for sticking with us this long. Um, can you believe we're at past 400 now? I can't believe it. I can't believe y'all are still here. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Ah, I know. But, um, and also just a big thank you to all of the listeners, all of our Patreon subscribers. Um, we love you guys. We really do. I know that there's misfits out there. And, and Paul, you're going to find that there's misfits near you too. They will come out of the woodwork. Um, we all have this thing in common this love that we have. And if, if you look at all of us, that's why we call ourselves the misfits. You don't put us together on paper, but yet we get together and we just have fun because we all have a common love and you're going to find those people too. Um, I think, it, yeah, I think it's going to be a great thing. So um, just a reminder, everyone go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com and you can check out our page there. You can find pictures of everyone. If you want to see what the garage looks like, there's a lot of photos of us and our shenanigans going on there all sorts of helpful information. Um, and, oh, we have an announcement about the garage, in fact. Um, oh. We have been closed because of COVID and the mandates here. And it doesn't look like that's going away anytime soon. But we have but had we people... we are remaining closed. But we have had people who've been calling because they do need help with their bikes. So we've decided, and, and thanks to Emma, that... Um, Emma is going to be taking appointments for anyone who needs help with their bike. You can call me. We'll set up an appointment on a Sunday and you can come and we will help you. We are going to be just open by appointment for select people for select things. So bring um, chocolate. <laughs> there bring, you go. Bring chocolate. Don't make me slap bring you. Bring chocolate. You bring chocolate because and I'm coming in special. Yeah. So uh, we will be opening. Um, we've already yeah. got an appointment next weekend. So, and I guess but I'll, I'll please. I can't stress this enough. Don't just show up at the garage because at best I will just turn you away. At worst, remember we're right next door to the police station. <laughs> at worst, they could shut us down permanently. So please don't show up. If you really need help yeah. with your your bike on a Sunday, and I am thrilled to help you for free. Call the garage, make an appointment. Lighter will reach out to me. You may get my phone number. She might just give you my phone number. We'll arrange a time. I will meet you at the garage and help you with your project and then send you on your way. If you just show up to the garage without making an appointment, you will get sent home. Emma's going to put hands on you. 
I will lay my hands on you. Gonna catch guess what? I ain't going to charge for that. <laughs> gonna I'm going to do it for free. And um, if uh, if you can't reach me, you need to make an appointment uh, directly with her. If you stop at any of the come and goes on Highway 5, uh, stall number two, you will find yes, her. Yes, stall number two. Um, <laughs> stall number two. Um, what is it? Six five seven five three zero nine. Um. So hey, all right, we're gonna do our outro now. That's where I'm gonna say thanks, and everyone's gonna say their name. So Paul, I want you and all your family to do it. Here's how we're gonna do it. It's gonna go by alphabetical order. You guys got that? All right. Just just first name only. Emma has to Emma has to figure it out now. Emma has to figure it out now. I'm going to go last. Emma, you got a T, a D, and an E, and a P. No, no, I'm... I'm. So oh. there's two E's. This is going to be complicated. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Last. What, what's, what's, Emma, uh, what's the E's name? What is that E child? What is that E child's I name? E would come before Emma, right? No, what is that E child's name? Just E. Just, e. Just, e. Just E. Oh, well, that's before me, e. then. I got to e. go eat. Let's wrap e. this shit up. All son. right, so thank you, everyone. <laughs> for listening and sticking with us. And thank you to the Kellys for joining us. Uh, I hope you got something out of it and that it was worthwhile listening and do reach out if you would like to open a garage too. On that note, I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks everyone. This is Liza. Bagel. Mikey. Oh, when does Mike come before D's and E's? Just, just no, wondering. It's a, it's a, it's I'm not e- playing your fucking games, okay? It's the, I'm no, not it's playing the your e, silly childish games. It's the, it's the E. Kelly that is next. The E. Fuck, Mike. Well, where do I fall in here? Oh, I'm after P. No? God. Bless <laughs> This is Emma, darling. Oh. Oh. Okay, it all fell apart. Let's just go straight are we to We Are okay. Out of Here. Oh, oh, Lord. Oh, oh. <laughs>